Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. This week, congregations throughout the Jewish world are reading Parashat Shoftim. Shoftim is from the book of Deuteronomies, and it begins in chapter 16, verse 18, and continues through chapter 21, verse 9. I want to offer an overview of the parasha, the weekly portion, before I turn to our guest, Rabbi Dara Lithwick. This week, Moses continues his last speech to the Israelites before he dies. He says to the Israelites, judges shall be appointed to judge the people with justice. You shall not twist judgment by recognizing a face or accepting bribery, because both blind the eyes of the wise and cause the words of the righteous to falter. Justice, justice shall you pursue, sedek, sedek, tir dof, so that you may live and take possession of the land in which God, your God, is giving you. The Torah portion continues, do not make a memorial stone for God nor offer to God a blemished animal for sacrifice. In the speech, uh, it was, uh, you find if you uh, find an individual who does evil in the eyes of God and transgresses God's covenant, then you shall make careful inquiry. If it turns out to be true, according to the word of two or three witnesses, then that person shall die. No one shall be put to death on the basis of the word of only one witness. Moses then changes tack and says, when you come to the land that God is giving you and dwell in it, you will want a king. And you shall then set a king over yourself who God will choose. This king shall not be a foreigner, but one of your brethren. This king may not have many horses, nor many wives, nor amass silver and gold for himself in excess, so that his heart may not go astray. Rather, when he sits upon the throne, he shall write for himself a duplicate of this teaching in a book. He shall read it from it as long as he shall live, so that he may learn to fear God, not lift himself above his brethren, nor turn aside from the commandments. Moses speaks to the Israelites and continues, When you are in the land that God is giving you, do not learn their evil ways. Do not follow soothsayers. Do not pursue false prophets. When you dwell in the land, Moses said, you shall separate out three cities and they shall serve as a refuge for murderers. These cities are only for the murderer who kills his neighbor unintentionally and without hate. For in the heat of the moment, this murderer could have killed even though the initial crime was an accident. This will prevent innocent blood 
from being shed in the promised land. The Torah portion comes to a conclusion by saying, when you approach a city to wage war, you must first offer peace. If the answer is peace, then the entire population will serve you. If peace is rejected, then you shall battle against them and God will deliver them to you. This is, as you can hear, a Torah portion filled with many different perspectives about what constitutes justice and what constitutes injustice. It also raises many interesting questions about what is justice and why is justice so important to God and to humanity. With me this morning is Rabbi Dara Lithwick to discuss the implications of this startling Torah portion regarding the establishment of a just society. Rabbi Lithwick was ordained by the Renewal Movement, which is one of the newer movements in the pantheon of Jewish perspectives in North America. She serves as a rabbinic uh, adjunct at Temple Israel in Ottawa, Canada, and she is now helping to establish a social justice center for the reform movement of Canada. Rabbi Lithwick, welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you, Rabbi Garten. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you with us this morning. You've heard the introduction as I've offered it, and I know that this is a topic that is very dear to your heart as you have been involved for years with cases and causes of social justice. So why don't we begin by you reflecting on the meaning of the powerful statement, Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdas. Tirdof, justice, justice, you shall pursue. Terrific. I would love to. And in, you know, full disclosure, the other hat I wear, you know, in addition to being a rabbi, and this is really where it comes together. And, you know, another reason why I think this parsha is one of my, my all time faves, uh, on my, my list of, uh, of Torah portions is that, um, in my day job, in my other work, I serve as a, as a lawyer and I do a lot of public law and human rights law. So, so this idea of justice and what is a just society and how do we set up the institutions of a society to bring out the best in each other, um, is something that is very much near and dear to me. So I want to get to what you're talking about. One of the lines um, that come very early in the Parsha, Tzedek, um, justice, justice, shall you pursue, which is a, just a very famous line, a perfect um, bumper sticker, and, and to unpack sort of some of the meaning that maybe existed then, uh, in the time of, of Torah, uh, in the time of the redaction of the Torah, and how it's been interpreted since over the past 2,500, 3,000 years, and sort of what it means to us today. Um, and as you were saying at the outset, Rabbi Garten, you know, this parsha, this port portion, really is about um, the theme of justice from the obligations of judges uh, to limitations on the power of kings. And you have sort of all the different, Moses sort of sets out a vision, Moshe sets out a vision of 
different the different kinds of leadership that have to be in place in order in order for a society to function effectively in order for human society to be one worthy of of god let's say and it involves uh you know the diff- first it starts off with judges um and then you know there's priests uh kings or you know political leadership um and then you know the people who speak truth to power prophets and that line sedek sedek tirdof though it comes in the description for for judges in terms of how they are to do their judging really has relevance across all of these spheres so let's just go to that line itself sedek sedek tirdof justice justice shall you pursue um there is uh, you know, Rabbi Arthur Waskow, who's a leader actually in the in, in the so, so Rabbi Lithwick, I just want to help our listeners. If you are perchance following our conversation in a copy of the Sacred Scripture, you mm-hmm. can find this verse that Rabbi Lithwick is referring to in Deuteronomy chapter sixteen, verse eighteen. Uh, it comes right at the beginning of this week's parasha. And it is an important verse, not only to the Jewish tradition, but for those who may be listening and are Americans, it's certainly part of the pantheon of uh, bumper stickers in America. Go ahead, Rabbi Lithwick. Yes. So as as Rabbi Garten mentioned, the Parsha starts at uh, chapter 16, verse 18 of Deuteronomy, and justice, justice shall you pursues at verse 20. Um, and... So we're at verse 20 of, of, Deutero- of chapter 16 of Deuteronomy, and it goes like this. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdof, leman v'yarashta et ha'aretz asher Adonai lohecha noten lach. Justice, justice shall you pursue that you may thrive and occupy the land that uh, Adonai, uh, your God, is giving you. Um, and okay, well, we're... Okay, what's the connection between that and land? What's the connection between that and and um, and being secure? And why does the Torah repeat itself? Why doesn't it just say justice shall you pursue? Why does it say justice, justice shall you pursue? Why is it repeated there? And um, sort of at the outset, uh, the line of of uh, pursue first of all carries strong connotations of effort and, and intensity and eagerness that implies more than merely respecting or following justice. The idea that we must actively pursue it. And that's from Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who's a contemporary uh, 20th century rabbi, may his memory forever be for a blessing, was very active in the civil rights uh, movement, marching alongside the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, the command also of tzedek 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 justice, justice shall you pursue, also means to pursue justice justly in a just manner. It means that um, you can never, you know, goals can't be achieved by unjust means. The the ends don't justify the means, in other words. Um, if you have to compromise justice to achieve it, there's a problem. And that's that's a, an interpretation of some chabonim. Um Inspired uh, by this verse, really, and by this vision of a, a just society and Torah and this, this idea that there needs to be justice, um, 
And the another thing that gets repeated often in Torah again and again and by Moses is that, you know, remember you were slaves in Egypt. Remember the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. Um, the Jewish tradition strongly identifies with the the uh, underdog, with the mistreated minority. And uh, this really has been the frame through which many Jews over the ages have um, identified in terms of the struggle for social justice and connection and allyship with other groups uh, working for social justice. So at that time, too, uh, when you look back in terms of the talk around judges and justice, uh, you know, the the idea would be that you should pursue uh that judges need to do their judging in a way also that is is just, which sort of goes very much without saying, you know, the trust that we have uh, in our judiciary really um, there has to be uh, it has to be very full. So there there can't be any appearance or thought of of uh, conflict or misjustice or uh, imbalance uh, in the way the scales of justice are are set out, and that's very much in there. There's something else also that I would love to add about uh, the translation of the word justice um, from the Hebrew tzedek. Tzedek is a word that also uh, forms the root of the word staka, which is often translated into English as charity. Um, And so charity is not a terrific translation either, it's this idea of, of justice as righteousness is what, what's the right thing for us to do? What are our obligations that we have to each other? How are we to treat each other? Um, there's a lot in there. Finally, so, oh yes, go ahead. So before yeah. you move on to another point, I wanted to ask you, um, about this very interesting nature, na- notion of justice as it uh, relates to spirituality. Mm. Um, the Torah is the spiritual foundation of Jewish faith. And though uh, things have changed in uh, Israelite religion to Judaism over the past 2,000 years, there's an interesting dynamic here. Um, mm. Moses seems to be insisting, given the Torah, that justice is an eternal religious obligation, that the text seems to equate um, the commandments, the mitzvot ben adam la adam, the commandments between uh, human beings and God, and those between uh, human beings. Um, and so I'm wondering how you understand this duality. Uh, often people who are involved in social justice issues yeah. speak about ethics, but the Torah here seems to go beyond that. It seems to be saying that um, the pursuit of justice, the pursuit of equity for all human beings is a religious obligation. Um, how do you understand what some people see as a dichotomy between these commandments between man and man and man and God, or humans and God and humans and their uh, contemporary, their human contemporaries? 
Terrific question. Terrific question. I think that you really hit on, and I believe this is intentional, a very important thread and theme within within Judaism. Um, going to the religion is not belief per se, but grounded in action and the covenant the covenantal relationship between um, us and God being one grounded in how we live out our relationships. Uh, in the world between each other. And there's a few ways to get at that. We think about, and this is going back to the beginning of the five books of Moses to the book of Genesis, of uh, that we were all created B'Tselem Elohim in God's image. And so how do we honor that? How do we care for each other and create a world where we honor that? Also going back to Genesis, there's the sort of God speaking to, to Adam and Adam's descendants uh, in, in the Garden of Eden at that time. And that sort of thing to say, you know, you are to sort of care for and, and have almost like a fiduciary relationship to the land in many ways on my behalf. And the notion there of too, that, that, the relationship, you know, we show our relationship to to God by how we treat each other and how we treat the land. Now, getting to the difference between uh, obligations, say, between us and God and between us and our fellow people, um, that's something that really looms large now. We're entering the month of Elul, which is the, the month before the Jewish New Year. And it's a time really of reconciliation and reconnection and what in, in Hebrew we call tshuva, literally like sort of returning, returning to our best selves, sort of correcting ourselves, cleaning ourselves, getting ourselves uh, in shape to sort of uh, enter the new year. And we go through a process where you know, we, there's an understanding that we can be forgiven for, um, uh, you know, miss mistakes that we made or how we missed the mark in our relationship between us and God. If we made any vows between us and God, you know, we can annul those vows in a way that is appropriate. But if we harmed a fellow person, we go to the Day of Atonement, which is coming up in just over a month from now. Um, the Day of Atonement, uh, we, there's, this, there's this, this whole service and series where, we're, where we sort of pray for forgiveness and we sort of annul the vows that we haven't fulfilled between us and God. But the liturgy is super clear to say that, you know, where we transgressed against a fellow human being, we have to make amends with that person. Um, you know, that, that the prayers won't, prayers won't fix that, that we have a responsibility to each other. Um, and that, and that, you know, that is so very fundamental. And it comes back to sort of how we live out that covenant in our relationships to each other and in our relationships to God. And they sort of, they, they exist in a, in a synergistic way. Um, I understand in, in that, um, the more that we walk the talk, so to speak, um, through respecting each other, listening to each other, holding each other up, 
um, learning together, trying to do follow God's Torah, trying to be the best that that we can be, the better you know that that is good for our relationship with each other, and that makes the world a place that is better for God and for God's indwelling presence. So, as you've been speaking, of course, I've been considering this question of uh, justice as a spiritual obligation. Mm. Um, and there's an interesting midrash, an interesting mm-hmm. rabbinic commentary in story form mm-hmm. uh, in um, Devarim Rabbah, the collection of midrashim specifically devoted to the book of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. that explains that God loves justice even more importantly than sacrifice. Um, and in uh, scripture, we read to do what is right and just is more desired by the God than sacrifice. Certainly part of the Yom Kippur liturgy from the book of Isaiah. And scripture does not say as much as sacrifice, but more than sacrifice. And the Midrash goes on to say that there the many ways in which justice is superior to sacrifice in the sight of God. So while the Torah is very focused on uh, the sacrificial cult as the preeminent means of serving God, the Midrash understands that with the collapse of the sacrificial cult, there is a need uh, to uh, look at other ways to have a spiritual relationship with God. And it says, whereas sacrifice could only function while the temple stood in Jerusalem, justice and righteousness were essential both um, during the biblical period, which is mm-hmm. what our book is speaking about, and today, where sacrifice could only atone for unintentional accidental sins, Acts of righteousness and justice atone even for intentional sins. And where sacrifices are offered by humanity, the Midrash says that God is obligated to practice justice and righteousness and quotes from Genesis and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, Mm -hmm. in which Moses, of course, says to uh, God, shall not the... Uh, judge of justice be held accountable. Mm-hmm. So in this way, the Midrash speaks, as you did, about the notion of the centrality of justice as a Jewish spiritual calling, and seems to suggest, as you did, that we cannot consider ourselves religious Jews without a firm commitment to making the world a more just and righteous place. Um, This is a powerful message. Um, Jewish integrity um, is part and parcel of um, the notion of what it means to be in relationship with God. And while often people who aren't of the Jewish faith, focus on the rituals and the legalistic expression of those rituals, this week's Torah portion seems to uh, suggest that goodness, justice, and decency 
are the basis of all the actions that we uh, manifest in our life. Um, when you look at this week's Torah portion, how does it motivate you in your quest to set up a Canadian Center for Social Justice for the Liberal Movement of Canada? Love it. Great question. Thank you. It is, I, I think the idea of justice, justice shall you pursue and the obligation that we have in covenant with God to make this world, as I keep saying, um, a place worthy for all of us. And in that sense, a place worthy for God, where God, um, you know, God can be proud of us, let's say. Um is fundamental. It comes throughout Torah, um, the centrality of justice as a, as a Jewish calling. Um, and, and, you know, the, the Torah, I mean, I've, I've written about this elsewhere. At least 36 times in Torah, um, we are reminded to, to love the stranger and to care for the orphan, uh, you know, the widow, the stranger in our midst. And, you know, these obligations, again, are there. We're often reminded because, you know, we understand what it's like because we were slaves, because we were strangers in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, uh, you know, at that time in terms of the, the biblical origin story uh, of the Israelite people. And so understanding what it's like to not have power, I think it's a beautiful, radical idea within Judaism um, that it's not a tradition that, that, um, that exists to uphold the, the powerful, but rather it is one that is fundamentally um, about ensuring that uh, the least advantage the least privileged among us are still celebrated and held up and welcomed as being core uh you know members of our community and fundamentally as being B'Tselem Elohim and God's image there's this beautiful teaching from from um Rabbi uh, John, Lord Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in the UK he used to be the, the chief uh, rabbi in the United Kingdom. And he's now he's a member of the House of Lords. He sits as a lord in the House of Lords. Um, and he speaks between the difference between um, social contract and social covenant. A social contract creates a state, whereas a social covenant creates a society. Um, and the idea that at the heart of covenant is the realization that society is what we make of it. And I think that's the Jewish message. We, the people, all people, rich, poor, weak, strong, powerful, and powerless alike. Um, it's on us to sort of build that society based on shared ideals. And that theme just rings out so strongly in this week's Parsha. I want to thank you, Rabbi Lithwick. Um Rabbi Dara Lithwick has been my guest this morning. She is ordained by the Renewal Movement of North America and is the founding director of the Religious Action Center of the Reform Movement in Canada. This morning's broadcast can be found as a podcast on iTunes or on the CHRI website. 
For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten, wishing you shalom and good morning. Shalom, 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 shalom